Hello, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. I am one of your hosts. My name is Micah Macaw. And I'm the other host, Jordan Macaw. And we got married September 30th, 2017, two and a half years ago, and we haven't looked back since. Nope. And one of the most important rites of passages in today's day and age, I almost said A and age, is if you are married, you at some point start a podcast. Paula Tompkins <laughs> did it. He We're did? doing it now. That's so, not his wife he has a podcast with. Wasn't that the Paul, Paul F. Stayenkins? That new one that he just oh, came I out Oh, I didn't with? know about that one. I thought you meant about the good neighbor one with that lady. That's no, 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 wife. no. I meant, oh, okay. I meant that. Um, so Wait, they created a podcast? Is it real? Yeah. Yeah, it's, they did it like last week. Oh, I won't um, listen to that. It's about like staying home. It's, it's <gasps> called... It's called Paul F. Paul F. Stay, Stay Homekins or something like that. Yeah, I'm just going to look it up Okay, and download the first episode. <laughs> um, so we are here. We're trapped in our homes, and we're not complaining about that, but um, hopefully we can bring you a little bit of joy and a little breakup of your schedule um, to talk about one of the worst movies we've covered yep. on this series. Now, before we do that, I should say for you new listeners – um, this is a show where we go through film series and we go through them one movie at a time and we decide what's good, what's bad, how they interrelate, how it works as a franchise. We love franchises and, um, we exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. So today we are on our third episode of Maximum Teenage Angst Overdrive. The series that is the Twilight series, and we are on Twilight Eclipse. Now, Jordan, would you like to tell me your relationship to this movie? I hate it. I don't know, but like when you first saw it, and all I don't that remember stuff. when I saw it. I saw them all in theaters. Oh, okay. I think that this one is apparently blocked most from my memory. Okay, well. I, I I think that while we were watching it, it was like the last two movies have been have been a flood of nostalgia and emotions, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, I was feeling this when I watched this part. But it was also like watching it for the first time in a lot of ways, too. So, wait, were you remembering it this time or you weren't? I was like remembering it. I think I forgot a lot of stuff that happened in this movie. Partly because it's so filler. Yeah, it's not good. I don't remember the Riley stuff at all, which I'm sure is in the books. Wait, who's Riley? The vampire that was like creating the army. I'm sure that's in the books. Why wouldn't it be? It was a... I guess a big plot point, but you're just watching and you're like, who cares about this dude? He dies anyway. Whatever. We'll get into it. We will. Um, uh, my relationship is for until, um, two weeks ago, this was the, or actually last week for us. Uh, this was the only twilight movie that I'd ever seen. And I mentioned last episode, but I'll bring it up again. I liked this girl. And my buddy Jordan Hamasu also did, which maybe I shouldn't have name dropped him. But I think he was more on the like, I might like this girl. I'm not sure. And I was like, oh, I like this girl. And she wanted to go. She was going to, with friends to see Twilight Eclipse. So this is kind of the best way to experience it. I sat on one side. He sat on the other side. And we sat there watching this movie that neither of us wanted to watch. And in a way, one of us was an Edward and the other was a Jacob. But neither of us got with that girl, and um, so I guess that makes us more like her friend in New Moon, who she goes to the movies Mike. with. Mike. Yeah. Um, so that's my relationship, and usually, 
not to toot my own dang horn, but I I have a pretty good visual recall when it comes to movies. So I would say very good even. But um I didn't recognize anything from this movie until it got to where they were um the when I saw the tent. That's when I finally said, "Oh, okay, I remember this." Uh, nothing else. It was yeah. it was kind of wild. Yeah, I think that was kind of similar. Yeah. With that. So, let's jump into the notes everybody. So this is directed by David Slade. This is the third movie. And it's the third director, different director again. Now, the reason we have a new director is Chris Weitz was in post-production on New Moon, and they wanted to get the ball rolling on this movie, so they started. So they didn't care about his vision for another movie? I didn't, the way it was written, it didn't seem like it was, that was an issue. That sucks, man, because at least this movie would have looked better. Yeah, um, more on this later. Put a put, keep that thought. Um, so David Slade, he directed one episode of Breaking Bad. It's in season four. It's called Open House. I believe it's the episode where is Marie going to people's houses? Well, she starts stealing again. Yeah. And then it's the episode where, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, what is his name? Not Walt, but Jesse. Jesse is in his house, and there's like a ton of people in the house, and he's just like not. He he is just. Doesn't so care. unpleasant and unhappy. It's a really great is episode. Is that right after Jane dies? No, this is season four, so this is like two seasons after that. Gosh. She dies in two. Oh my gosh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. I didn't know it was that soon. Yeah, because remember, she dies, and then Walt um, meets like the the airplane guy in the bar, and he's distracted because his daughter just died, and he went to work, and those yes, planes yes, yes, crash. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Um, and then there's the foreshadowing with the teddy bear. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so he does. He did do that, and he also directed um, um, the the Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode that came out last year. Was that last year? The one where you could like interactively oh, do it on yeah, Netflix. I think so. Um, he directed some episodes of Hannibal, some episodes of American Gods, uh, Thirty Days of Night, Hard Candy, and then Thirty Days of Night is that vampire movie. It is okay. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this show called Awake, which I think I've told you about. It has um, oh La- Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, but, he's um, in it. And we what's that guy's name? I don't I'm remember. I'm never going to remember is. his name at this point. But um, I I don't know. We actually might have talked about this in Chamber of Secrets. But it was this show where this guy like I think he got in a car wreck or something, and like in one like when he would go to bed, he would wake up as this one guy, and his family was a certain way. And he was like solving crimes, I think. And then we, because you know, of course, in that in this time period, like the two thousands, early two thousands, everyone was a detective. Everyone was some sort of weird quasi detective. Yeah. And then he would go to sleep, and he'd wake up, and it would be like normal him. But I think he was like committing the crimes, maybe something. That's interesting. Maybe something like that. And the show didn't do super well. Yeah, I remember seeing trailers and thinking that looked cool. But I, I watched it for a little bit, and then I just kind of fell off yeah. of it. And I just remember Jack O'Hara, was yeah. he was just like, I love how that show ended because they only had one season, and he said, they just did the stupid thing that you're never supposed to do that always sucks, where then he woke up from both things, and he was in a coma the whole time. <laughs> they were like, like, screw it, we're getting canceled anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, that's the dumbest thing. I hate when that happens. And he, But he liked it because it was so stupid. Right, right, right. 
Um, so anyway, he directed an episode of that. Uh, this is again produced by Wick Godfrey and Karen Rosenfeld. Screenplay by Melissa Rosenberg again. And then this was shocking to both of us. The music is by Howard Shore, who did Spotlight, Denial, Hugo, The Departed, and of course, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. What's weird, though, is if you hearken your ears while you're watching this movie, there are a couple times where you can kind of hear, in my opinion, it sounds like he's just like, oh, what was that like scratch track from Lord of the Rings that was almost the Urukai theme? Let's just throw that in there. Yeah, very much so. Very half-assed job. Yeah, I don't, I didn't like it. Uh, and then here's what's weird. You were speaking about how the movie looks. Same cinematographer as Moon Moon. Do you think that's part of the director, though? Them collaborating? It's gotta be. A bad collaboration? Actually, you know what? So he did do a couple of movies, but he does have... Yeah, but all those shows are after Twilight. I was gonna say, because the movie does look like a TV show, but those are all shows that, besides Awake, that are like... have like a a pretty artistic vision and don't look like classic TV shows, so... I guess that theory doesn't hold up. Yeah, this movie looks like a daytime, just TV-made movie. Movie made for TV. It looks bad. The the shots are very, you know... So, like... They're they're just very, like... What's interesting is, in the last movie, there were a lot of interesting shots. Yeah. And there were no interesting shots. So, was that more of the director's call in the last movie? It must have been. I know cinematographer focuses on how it looks down to like what lens they use. Right. So if he's the same cinematographer, why choose? I mean, not, we don't even know if he did or not, but it's like, why would you choose a different lens? I know. I, and sometimes, I, I mean, why would you choose a different lens if you've already done another movie in the series and it looked really good and it, I feel like in a way captured the feelings yeah. very well? And there's some cool like artistic shots. Yeah, but this is not. But I mean, I I would imagine that like a lot of those artistic shots, those those do have to be, those are yeah, those are gotta I, I just be think the it's director a bad vision collaboration too. Yeah, it just it looks very normal. Yeah, in a very bad way. And I guess let's just get onto this for a second. Yeah, the makeup is probably worse than the first movie. It's makeup very and weird. hair. Um, Edward's hair. Oh yeah, Edward has sideburns in this movie. Looks really effing bad. <laughs> also, um, Bella, you're looking at her and you're like, she has to be wearing a wig. Like it's like her skin and then the hairline, but like it looks like the hairline is penciled onto her hair. So it's like, yeah, could she be wearing a wig? But I don't think she is. I think that her her hair is um, very styled in this movie and like very well done. When in the previous movies, she just had long hair, and it was like you didn't even notice it, yeah, hardly because she's just a girl with hair this is like they spent time on her hair it is soft it is flowy the other movies it's kind of like thick and heavy also the like i said the hairline is just like so distracting it's very odd it's so distracting and i'd say i mean i guess she was probably the most glaringly terrible makeup and hair Throughout the whole movie, with the exception I of feel like Edward all Cyber. the girls looked like it looked kind of like they and were I, all wearing wigs. I think the makeup and hair were really bad, coupled with how bad the movie looked. Yeah, because of the way the movie was colored or something, it made all of the hair and makeup look even worse. Yeah, it looked like someone was so inexperienced who did it. Well, and remember, the last movie was shot on film. Yeah. I don't think this one was. 
Yeah. Which maybe had as a subtle difference to it. Maybe, because it was it just totally rips you out of it. Yeah. I mean, the story does it too, rips you out of it. But this doesn't even like hold your attention. Because it's like you shouldn't you're not supposed to notice hair and makeup. That's no. the whole, that's the whole point. No. Unless yeah. it's like a huge bombastic movie. That's yeah. different. Yeah. But we're talking about a young adult romance movie. I'm not supposed to notice her hair or her makeup that's also supposed to be like back of my head. Manipulate me in the back of my mind. Yeah. Not the front of it. Don't make me notice what you're trying to do to me. I'm done with it. <laughs> um, so we will not mention the costume and hair design. Um, it's produced by Temple Hill, Maverick, Inprint, Sunswept. Those are the same as the last two. Um, or the last one. Uh, distributed by Summit. This movie comes out June 30th, 2010. So it's been uh, 8, 9, 10. And I think it's 11, 12. And then they're done. They, they put these out one year after the other. Uh, $68 million budget. Uh, and it makes $300,531,751. Oh and then worldwide... The movie makes six hundred ninety-eight million four hundred ninety-one thousand three hundred forty-seven dollars. So now uh, I got to read a quote from the director, and this is kind of like if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you're gonna know why I don't like this. He said this: "The Eclipse story and the way we approach the film calls for a much more realistic approach." Well, we already just complained about how many things were not realistic. So there's that. And also, again, folks, if you're making something that's fantasy, you don't have to make it realistic. You just have to make it follow the rules that are in the world that you've created. And the story baseline source material is not realistic. Yeah, because the motives and stuff don't make any sense. No. So you, as a filmmaker, like just it, it makes you look back at the first movie and kind of appreciate the fact that the, that first director, um, Catherine, whatever, was able to just be like, just ham it up. Yeah. Because like she kind of understood the source material yeah. a little better. And I'm saying if anyone is wanting a true vampire, like like I think an actual good representation of a va- of a relationship, mm-hmm. let me in. Recently rewatched it with Lauren. Uh and it, it's the main it's like when i saw that movie it was around the time all these movies were coming out and it's a horror movie and the two main characters are two children but it's like when i watched it i was like this is what i've been wanting from the yeah. twilight movies which of course from book and movie one you know you're not going to get what this movie was but let me in is like it actually has something to say about relationships parents um, it takes place in the, it's, it's originally a Swedish book that was then adapted into a French movie. And then there's an American movie, which is the one that I'm referring to. And I, I haven't thought about it too much, but like it takes place in the eighties. There's a lot of like Ronald Reagan speeches going on. And there's, so there's like political context added to it as well. Like yeah, it's, cool. it's making statements. I still have yet to with, see this movie. With using a like old legend vampire. Yeah. And it was it's so freaking good the other version of a vampire like real of real applications is what we do in the shadows oh yeah and it's a mockumentary by taika waititi jermaine clement 
uh, and it's one of the funniest movies ever. But what's so funny about it is they're showing the like basically the pros and cons of being of being a vampire. Yeah, that is that's like the best. Yeah. Um. Although I haven't seen Let Me In. Yeah. Um. And there's also a TV show of what we do in the shadows, yeah. and it's right on par with the movie. It's amazing. Can't wait yeah. for season two. Yeah. By the time this comes out, I think it's out. So, so if that guy wants realistic, he should have been involved in these other <laughs> projects. Now there's uh, an actress that's new in this movie. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, who we know from The Village. Hey, I haven't... It's not my turn. Oh, is that your only person you're going to do? I was going to do over one other person. Oh, okay. Well... We know her from stuff, and Jordan, and stick around to hear what Jordan has to say. Uh, but Rochelle, um, uh, Rochelle Lefebvre was the girl who played uh, Victoria in the previous two movies, and was replaced by Bryce Dallas Howard. The studio said, "Hey, we're replacing her." There was a scheduling conflict. That was that. Bummer. She responded, "I was stunned by Summit's decision to recast the role." I was fully committed to the Twilight Saga and to the portrayal of Victoria. Uh, Summit said they had a conflict during those 10 days and would not accommodate me. Given the length of filming for Eclipse, never did I fathom I would lose the role. I am greatly saddened that I will not be able to complete my portrayal of Victoria for the Twilight audience. And then Summit responded, Summit had acted in good faith that Lefebvre would be available to fulfill her obligations both in terms of rehearsals and shooting availability for Eclipse. Contrary to Miss Lefebvre's statement, it is simply untrue that we dismiss her over a 10-day overlap. It is not about a 10-day overlap, but instead about the fact that the Twilight Saga Eclipse is an ensemble production that has to accommodate the schedules of numerous actors while respecting the established creative vision of the filmmaker, and most importantly, the story. Ms. Lefebvre's commitment to the other project, which she chose to withhold from Summit until the last possible moment, makes her unfortunately unavailable to perform the role of Victoria. Which, I'm just gonna guess, means that they just were tired of working with her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And then... Well, she wouldn't tell them what she was working on. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, know, I, I just know don't trust NDAs. the studio. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so there, there was this thing, and I was trying to figure this out. So right around this time, there's this influx of, are you Team Edward? Are you Team Jacob? And dur I was trying to find the source of this, and the best I could find was Burger King ads. And they had merch, including eco-friendly water bottles, that you could get uh, based on if you were team Edward or team Jacob and they had all these different things. There's these weird commercials where grandparents are like fighting over team Edward and team Jacob stuff. They're not that weird. They make sense. And, uh, if, if I, I think we will have one that played before our intro this time for fun. Um, but the best I could trace it back to was actually, I think that this began in the books, like from the book fandom, because yeah. in 2008, when there was an election, there was this poll on like a, the fan website that was like, are you team Edward? Are you team Jacob? Do your poll. And so I guess it's just been a thing this whole time, but I also found out about this and I am on this team. I have to say, I thought I was team Edward, but there is team Tyler's van and that team is, are everyone that believes that they just wish Edward hadn't stopped the van and it would have killed Bella. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I've never heard of that. 
Team Tyler's van. So, um, and then finally, let's see what Roger Ebert has to say about the movie. And then you jump in with your actors. The audience watched this film with rapt attention. They obviously had a deep understanding of the story, which is just as well, because I don't think anyone not intimately familiar with the earlier installments could make heads or tails of the opening scenes. The Twilight movies are chaste eroticism to fuel adolescent dreams and are really about Bella being attracted and titillated and aroused and tempted up to the very brink of surrender. And then, well, no, no, she shouldn't. And that was the end of his review. Wow. He was not a fan. Yeah. How many stars? <laughs> uh, I didn't write that Doesn't down. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I think it was one and a half or two. So that's what I got. Hit me with those actors. Okay. So the first one I'm going over is Xavier Samuel, who plays Riley, the dude who becomes a vampire and creates the army. Oh, okay. Apparently he is in a production of Frankenstein, a 2015 movie. Is that what, a production or a movie? Well, a movie. But That's I, the never, one with um, Daniel Radcliffe. No, it's and, not. That's what I'm confused about. A married couple of scientists create a modern day monster. It has the girl from Memento in it. Oh, also, yeah. Also, the guy in Succession who was kind of like an, advi- an advisor in the second season with yeah, Brian sure. Cox. Yeah. He had a really great voice. I, I, I can see him. He's the guy yeah. who's in like The Dark Knight Rises, right? Who, <gasps> he is. Who is he? Isn't isn't he one of the guys that um is like at at um Harvey Dent's funeral? He kind of says, "Looks looks like things aren't really happening." Oh my gosh, I be. never realized. I think I think that's him anyway. That that guy is in it. I mean, it's not av- immediately available on his IMDb, but I'm just gonna assume that you're right. That's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> oops, I clicked on a picture. Okay, so yeah, I don't. It, I wonder if it was a TV thing, but then again, I don't know doesn't even have a meta score and then he's also in fury love and friendship and that's all i really care to talk about and then let's go to bryce dallas howard so she as already said is in the village yep she's also in arrested development yeah well i mean she's in one episode i know it just came to my mind immediately. oh okay i, th- I was just thinking that was like her most and that she's crazy. in rocket man yeah she's his mom oh yeah <laughs> Okay, uh, she's in Jurassic World. That's I think a lot of people were like, okay, that's the girl from Jurassic World. And you know her name is Claire Danes in that movie. Claire Deering. Claire Deering and Owen Grady, which I was listening to the podcast arrive, and they went off on a tangent about how those are like the, the worst names, but they were being very sarcastic about it. Like, like, oh yeah, you know, everyone's favorite, Owen Grady and Claire <laughs> Deering. <laughs> oh, that's right. She's in 50-50. She's the bad girlfriend. Yeah, that's the that's the first movie I saw her in. Me too. She's also in... No, actually, The Village was. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, she is in Hereafter, Terminator Salvation, um, Spider-Man 3. She's Gwen Stacy. That might have been the first thing I saw her She's, in. She is the titular lady in the water. Yes. Um, she is also... Oh, she's in A Beautiful Mind. Oh, she's an uncredited Harvard student. But that would make sense because her daddy directed, directed the movie, yeah. Ron Howard, who also is Opie. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Oh, she's also uh, a who in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, somewhere in the background. Is she really? She must be pretty pretty young. She's surprised who, as, and uh, the credit was Bryce Howard. Okay. She was born in 1981. Yeah, she's still, she'd be pretty young for that. So... Uh, did you know? Here's oh, a, wait, wait, wait. 
going back to the hair and makeup thing, her hair is so bad. Her makeup yes, is so yes. bad. It, it looks like a TV show. Get up. Also, she's naturally redheaded. And I think she was wearing a wig. Like a, I, I think, think she, she was, was wearing yeah. a redhead wig. But Which she is, is a redhead. Because the hair was not moving like normal hair would. It's either that or the only other, other explanation is, is they use so much hairspray in her hair that they use an entire can every day of shooting. I could buy that. And go ahead. Uh, oh, I, so I was going to say, uh, this is like a pop quiz. And maybe maybe the audience will be able to guess this uh, before you do. So um, cue the music maybe, Micah, if you remember to do it. Um, do you know what three-part series is possible that we could cover that's directed by Ron Howard? trilogy have i seen it i don't think you've seen any of them i haven't seen do any i know of them. they exist definitely are they bad um i think they have a very odd reputation i'm not sure what i think like critically not people don't really like them and i don't i don't think people like them anymore but when they came, the first movie came out it was big the second movie came out it was big the third movie most people don't remember came he didn't out. do santa claus did he oh no we've no. seen that um what? Who was in it? Um, I'm trying to not give away. I know Paul Bettany is in the first movie for sure. That that you okay. couldn't have given me okay. a more obscure person. America's dad is in all three of them. America's dad. America's dad. Oh, okay. He's in all three of them. Uh huh. I mean, I I know that guy from Super Eight. No, America's dad. Oh, that guy's America's dad. So yeah, well, that's what recently we dubbed. Just... Okay, so what we have now dubbed after. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Ameri- oh, so America's Tom Hanks grandpa. Is in it. America's grandfather. Tom Hanks is in a trilogy of something. <laughs> he is. Is think, it how old is it? Think um, Indiana Jones slash National Treasure. He did the Da Vinci Code. He did all three Da oh, Vinci I didn't Code know he movies. He did the Da Vinci Code, which maybe we'll cover at some point. I I've think seen, it's kind of low on our list of things we want to yeah. do, but um, I've seen big chunks of pretty much like the first two movies i think okay and, but i was like young uh-huh. and they couldn't be more boring couldn't have been more boring oh, okay. to a kid yeah so i'm yeah i feel like they were the adults version of national treasure yeah okay also i remember being a kid and da vinci code had come out and uh people were saying it's a bad book because it said things that weren't right about the bible or like it like like yeah it bended it bent history or something well, yeah, I grew up, I thought that the Da Vinci Code was, like, some guy had had historically, like, looked up all this stuff, and he had this code for, like, why Jesus was not the Son that's, of God. That's right. And then I grow up, and I'm like, wait, it was an adventure airport novel about a guy who's, like, following treasure that is written in on, like, the last Passover painting? I'm like, how did... How did the, I? How was that the message that it was like an anti-Christian? I think one radical person just hears said it, it and said it loud, and enough. then it because it's how rumors spread. It's just it gets to a point where people think it's real. Yeah, and then no one reads it because they're like, "It's bad. You're not supposed to." And then it's like, "Oh, if you just read it, it's just reading." It's it's probably the same quote unquote sacrilegiousness that is um, in Indiana Jones with the the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm it's sure. probably like the I'm exact sure. same thing. If the only thing that's different is Raiders of the Lost Ark is more campy. Yeah. More I would I would hope that those are campy movies, but 
I don't Not know. from the sense I got okay. as a child. Though. As a child, as you a were child. a child. So, um, so since we we want to keep pushing off talking about this movie, um, what Ron Howard's career? It's very odd. Yeah. Um, he. I think. Well, I, my opinion on Ron Howard. Yes. Is he makes good movies, but not great. I don't know if saying. he's made great movies because every time I see a Ron Howard movie, it was like, yeah, that was really good, and then I forget that I saw it. Yeah. I have I haven't seen Rush, which I've heard is Rush great. is really good, and I've still have yeah, never seen it. We should so. borrow that from my sister because yeah. that's one of uh, my sister's favorites. Yeah, and you know she was like hyping it a lot before I saw it, and I still thought it was really really good. It's got one of my favorite guys in it. I yeah, just that, missed the movie um, Daniel Brühl. Daniel Brühl, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's really good. Um, and then uh, it, it's like the serious uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that'd be a fun uh, uh, trilogy. Would be Tal- Talladega Nights, uh, Ford vs Ferrari, and Rush. If you watch all those movies, have we discussed doing the Edgar Wright trilogy and base- treating it like one? We have discussed it. Yeah, off mic. Would we ever do it? I think we could. What about the Revenge trilogy? We've talked about that several times. Last time I brought it up, though, you said you didn't want to do it. it well, was very... finding out that King Ho Song yeah. is in one of them. Back on the table. I yeah I think the the revenge trilogy which if you're unaware folks that's an um a trilogy I almost said from North Korea but from South Korea <laughs> that is uh um they're they're not one series but it's a director's like take on the genre of revenge yeah and they're very very good movies the 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 thing that I would be unsure about covering is they're just really graphic and they're they are. they're very they are. I mean, Old Boy in particular is is a movie that when I finished it the first time, I did watch it twice. Um, I I I felt sick to my stomach. I had a I had a pit in my yeah. stomach, and I felt really bad. I think because you warned me so heavily about it, I didn't. Oh, really? Feel that way when I saw it, and that used to be my favorite foreign film until Parasite. Yeah, <laughs> which is another Korean movie. Um, but yeah, I mean. They all are pretty, have some pretty graphic stuff in it. Yeah. Violence especially. But with and, that and being said. And sympathy for Lady Vengeance. I or, know that's the one no, I'm thinking No, it's just of. called Lady Vengeance, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. That movie is, I, it was like almost as disturbing to me as Old Boy. Like, yeah, like that one's very violent. Th- those two movies and Rosemary's Baby kind of for me are like, well, and Hereditary are up there on like movies where it's just like. Uh, that that did something that other movies haven't done to but me. But the the argument with it with that trilogy, yeah, is it is so artistically done, yeah. Because like Old Boy, for example, is like very action heavy, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of shots with the action that you you don't get in your typical action movie, like the hallway scene. Oh yeah, it, it's like oh I've never seen this before. Yeah, this is very it's amazing, very cool. And I mean, for even though like old boys really disturbing, I do think the story is really interesting. I'm not saying these are bad. In no, any I way. know you're not. They're masterpieces. Yeah. I, I'm kind of usually a sucker for anything that's a retelling of something else. Mm-hmm. If you catch, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like like flipping it on its head, kind of thing. Yeah, just like interesting take. Yeah. On this, so. I would consider doing it not like any time. Like, obviously, 
we're not going to pull the trigger on it today no or anything well i i kind of at least for a little bit it'd be nice to stick to like movies that are like technically and like actually sequels of each other and franchises yeah um and i want to cover the before trilogy before we cover either of those well yeah that that one's much more of a trilogy yeah so yeah other movies that ron howard has done that are good but nothing i would write home about uh well, it's, it's just interesting because they're pretty dang good. Like, I liked Solo. Yeah, I liked Solo. If I never watch it again, though, that's okay. But Solo is is one of these, though. It's not like, oh, I like Solo. It's, I like Solo. You have to yeah. go a little bit higher pitched. Um, In the Heart of the Sea looked so boring <laughs> to me. That looked very boring. But that's mostly because I'm not interested in Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard that movie's pretty good, actually. I I think I've heard it's very boring and not good. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, oh, he did Cinderella Man. I've never seen that. That's a good movie. A Beautiful Mind, it might be his best movie. Oh, he did Ransom. That's That one actually, I think, falls into like, oh, it's a good movie. He did Backdraft, which was a huge Universal Studios demonstration. What does that mean? Uh, so when you went to Universal Studios, you get to do oh. like some walkthroughs. And there was a one for Backdraft. And... When did this movie come out? 1991. Man, I didn't go to Universal until the 2000s. That was there for a long time. Whoa. But it was basically, I learned a lot. When, uh, when like, a door is hot, so there's a fire going on, and, you know, a door is hot, obviously you shouldn't open it because there's a fire behind it. But sometimes you can't tell, but when you feel air being sucked into it, mm-hmm. and you open the door, fire's just going to explode out. Oh. And they demonstrated it. Oh, that's cool. And it was cool. pretty dang cool. Um, a big, big fire. <laughs> He did Willow. Willow is not like a great movie, but it's it's Fun. very charming. I've never seen Cocoon. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say like all these, it's kind of like, yeah, those are good. Oh, I mean, his best, my personal favorite is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which, folks, that's a bad movie. This is, last time we watched it, uh... I, I, Micah fell asleep because he was so bored and I was still laughing out loud. Yeah. Because I, I love it so much. I side with Roger Ebert on that movie. He didn't like it. Whatever. Uh, okay. So let's talk about Twilight. So the movie starts with this man like on a dock or something. He's like at a port and. He's so instead of a vampire just running up to him and sucking his blood, they like run by and like bite him on the arm and stuff, and you can't see them. Um, dumb, don't like it, but again, I want to give every movie a chance, so I'm like, okay, kind of interesting. I'm usually not the biggest fan of like this type of intro in a movie where they're setting it up for like halfway through the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think because I'm sure there's a ton of examples that disprove it, but but the way it was executed felt very much like, okay, now we run the credits and then the TV episode begins. So far, every... You know what I mean? Yeah, every one of these movies so far starts with something that's at the ending. Yeah. The last one had a cool beginning. Yeah. Um, and then the first one it was more of her narration. Yeah. Beginning and ending. So then... uh in oh yeah and then it shows our two main characters out in a field laying down and there's this really bad song by howard shore where it just sounds like they set up a mic in in his living room wherever his piano's at and he was just like i'm just gonna play some piano for the next three minutes it doesn't really feel it doesn't make me feel anything 
No. Not good. Very cheesy. Very um, TV feeling. And then we we meet her dad, and they're they're having these conversations. And I turned to Jordan and I said, "Oh my gosh, he is just short of asking, are we done after every line? He is so over being in the movies." Yeah. And I know it kind of works because his character is supposed to be like annoyed with Edward. But you can, if you're watching these as closely together as Jordan and I, you can see there is a definite change in his performance where he's like, I'm so, I don't want to be here. I'm, I want to go home. And uh, I, I thought too, while we're watching this movie, because like we've already stated, um, Edward's like, or not Edward, Robert Pattinson notoriously has some really hilarious videos or interviews of him bashing yeah. the series. Yeah. And um, I was, and you had mentioned like maybe in the first movie in our episode that like he seemed to be really into it from the beginning. Yeah. And I'm curious because allegedly him and Chris and Stewart were together for a while during the, the series. And I wonder if their breakup really soured him slash also opened his eyes to how ridiculous all this is. When did they break up? I don't know, but oh, I'm pretty okay. sure they broke up before this was over. I could be wrong about that. That's just what I'm like. My theory of these contributing factors to how we got to this point. Yeah. Was part of it maybe he had a really terrible association. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, I don't even know like what what the details of the relationship even were. Or maybe they weren't even together. That yeah. sometimes I think they do that for publicity. It sounds like I, I saw an interview with um Kristen Stewart and Howard Stern and he asked her about it. And it sounds like it was legit. So and Howard Stern gets the truth. Howard Stern gets the truth. Um so, okay, so basically to what they're the first 30 minutes of the movie is just reminding you everything that happened in the last movie. And pretty much uh Edward is about to kill himself and Bella had to go to Italy to stop him and then they meet the Volteri and then they're like either you turn her into a vampire or she dies and that's where we're at here. They've decided they're going to turn her into a vampire, but they're going to wait until graduation to do it, which gives Bella enough time to like say her goodbyes also because she ran away from home to go to italy she's her dad does not like edward anymore which is part of his very bad attitude towards him yeah i'm trying to look up the when they when they broke up oh okay <laughs> it looks like they the um early after the release of breaking down part two Kristen stewart and robert pattinson called it quits oh so they dated throughout after the actress cheated on him with her snow white and the huntsman director Nicholas Hull. rupert oh, no, sanders the director i remember when that happened Whoa. and we were all it was like such a scandal i remember that when the couple did make up a few months later they eventually broke up for good in may 2013 Ooh, i remember that's that weird i uh okay well gross so to go back to the movie and not dwell on that yeah. um <laughs> so at bella's dad is like look you don't have to be grounded if you hang out with your other friends like jacob wink wink he his dad's really worried yeah, about okay. him wink wink go talk to him and then it's just like yeah jake's not really answering her she's tried to reach out to him he doesn't really care and then uh i think he shows up or something you know but she goes over she there. goes over there and he's being really like whatever about everything yeah and Basically, like, he knows she's going to be a vampire, so he's just like, you're making a terrible decision. Blah, blah, blah. We meet a girl werewolf, which I said in the last movie that it's dumb that there are no girl werewolves. I was wrong, there and I'm glad one. I was wrong. Um, and we discover, or we, we learn that werewolves imprint. 
Yeah, so uh, this imprinting thing is so stupid. Yeah. It's so dumb, and it's so ill-defined. I don't even understand it after watching the movie. So well, what did, What did you take from okay, the Okay, so imprinting? here's where I'm confused about it. And maybe I just wasn't really listening because I didn't care. But... Her name was Lena or something or Leia or whatever. The, the girl were Princess Leia. Are we talking about Star Wars? Yeah, let's talk, just call her Leia, even though it's probably not her name. So her and Sam, head honcho wolf, were together. And then he met his now fiance and dumped her for her. And from oh, what I, I understood that. is I thought that he'd imprinted on the Leia girl. But I'm, I'm wondering if what he actually said was he imprinted on this girl later, like while they were together. And that's why he dumped her. And that, that was basically his like, explanation of what this is. And basically imprinting on someone is falling in love strongly. Everyone, everyone feels it. Most people f- under like, it's, it's so weird too. Cause then she goes, she goes, have you imprinted on anyone, Jacob? And he goes, you'd know. Which is like, like, does that mean that you're just about to start humping me all of a sudden? Because that's what I because because they're wolves. It it sounds like imprinting on someone is just like, yeah, I'm gonna mate with you for life. Get used to it. That's what it sounds like. Well, that's certainly his mentality throughout yeah, the entire which movie. Which is really lame. And obviously, she has made her decision. She does not want to be with him. Uh, and throughout the movie, he manipulates her, and I would argue sexually assaults her. Yeah, by like by three yeah. quarters of the way into the movie well and and so the the whole thrust of the movie is um that that one vampire's coming back um bryce ellis howard and they need to protect her from them protect bella protect bella so the the teams are gonna um like team up like jacob and edwards yeah team. and they and what there's so there's not only that they haven't even really figured that out yet what's going on is like there's a vampire people vampires are killing people in seattle and that's pretty close to forks or whatever and they're like we probably need to do something about this and they're like oh the volteri will take care of it but then they don't take care of it and then basically they get to forks and by that time they know that victoria has created this army to like throw her them off the scent of her or something and then the volteri does finally show up after everyone's dead yeah and they're like Like very convenient and then they just kill this random girl for no reason at all they well they there is a reason but you have to really read between the lines yeah when you explained what you thought i was like that i don't accept that yeah um so okay since you brought that up we're we're just gonna jump through this movie the volteri their motives I cannot make heads or tails of it. Well, I don't understand yeah. what they're doing. And if they're already corrupt, why don't they just make their own army? I, that's what I don't get. So they're, they're sending someone else to do it. And then along with all of that, the Cullens are still just living in Forks. In the last movie, they had to move because everyone was suspicious of Dr. Cullen being too old for how young he looks. And they're just back in this movie, not addressed. Um, well, the real reason was because Edward needed to get away from Bella for her safety. Yeah. Okay. But now they're back. And it, it also doesn't, it, besides just the conflict of this movie, why why does she need to be hanging out with the werewolves? I know it like throws off the scent. I think it's literally the scent. But it, I mean. Literally the scent. They're going to have to show down with them anyway. And they they beat, when the, when the showdown happens in the end of the movie, 
it's so they they defeat them so easily. I don't even think they suffer a casualty. And I know they had the werewolves to help, but I was like, yeah, the vampires could have done it by themselves. From what you presented to me, that this movie none of it has to exist because we're just we're just treading on the same ground of these two people fighting for Bella. That there's no there's nothing new here. Yeah, the, by this point, the Victoria storyline is very. Um, it is. It, I mean, most of the time, it hasn't served a purpose. Yeah. In, the, in the last movie, they it's like it was a subplot that you forgot about, and this <laughs> yeah. movie has become the forefront of what's been going on. But then there's a Volteri now, and it's so confusing because she's just trying so hard to set. Uh, Stephanie Myers trying so hard to set up things, but I feel like she, as not a good writer, she's just writing things and is like, yeah, that'll that'll come back around to yeah. later. But it never did because she's not a good writer. No. <laughs> and no. another huge thing that's going on in this movie is Bella wants to have sex with Edward so bad. Yeah, like so bad and edward is pretty much like you we can't have sex before we're married we have to be married first that's the condition and then he presents her with one of the ugliest engagement rings i've ever seen i swear the prop person went down to jc penny and I'm bought still, it not even over the counter i still think magic man or they were at like a bowling alley and they did one of those quarter things it's very and it popped bad out the it's bad the plastic yeah it's not even like it doesn't even fit the time period it's not even no, a victim to time no it's just bad it's costume jewelry anyway so where are we at this point i don't even know so um i just want to point out bella or i mean jake and edward are very much like oh i hate you i hate you more i hate you most as more and then she goes from now on i'm switzerland there's also a team switzerland amongst the fans that's lame it's like being team platypus. Um, Jake is has his shirt off almost the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and it again, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, he wore it. I, I I don't know. Also, at one point at the graduation party, he gifts Ella like a Ella Bella a wolf bracelet charm thing that she like wears later on, and it's 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 such a high school thing. All of this, yeah. it's just all high school drama, because. <sighs> And I don't, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. It just makes me mad because it's so petty. So <laughs> later, so w- we've talked about all these other things. Let's just get to the tent part so we can scream for a little bit well, longer. Well, uh, let me fill in a couple of gaps okay. before we get there. So first of all, I wish the werewolves had more to do with classical Native American skinwalkers, yeah. which are, can are like this mythology that there's these type of people that can turn into animals and they're very scary. They're like horror, like yeah. read up about them. They freak you out, for me at least. Um, and I just, I uh, the werewolf thing is like halfway there. Just go all the way with that. Just make them skinwalkers. Let them be different animals and stuff. They'd be like um, their spirit animal. The wolves don't look as good this movie. No. I think part of that is they're just working with, I know the budget's a little bit bigger, but the, the last movie had like a couple of scenes with wolves. This one has a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a tribal council scene um, that's very hilarious because the the chief of the werewolf tribe is telling this story that has been it's been inferred that he has told this many times and everyone is like on the edge of their seat kind of silly yeah uh nitpicky but silly and then jacob in love with her he kisses her against her will and she punches him 
and then he says she's not sure what she wants. Yeah, he later. tells her that. He sa- and he keeps saying you don't know what you want and stuff. And all that stuff, it's just so like it's so it's so dominant and like this this like male perspective that's really gross. Don't be like yeah, Jacob. Yeah, and we we already said in the I think the last episode too, like New Moon very much conveyed like this story is about a girl seeking men the whole time. Yeah, like she never um, like seeks the counsel of a woman. Like truly, she never does. Like yeah. even high school friends, she doesn't even really respect them because they don't know what she's going through. Yeah, and. This this movie st- same stuff, but even more than that, the one of the men that she is like goes to a lot is telling her what she wants. Granted, yeah, by the end of the movie, so that's obviously she still chooses Edward, but still, it's like he. It's like throughout the movies too. Edward has said things like, "I would die for you. Like if you died, I would kill myself. You are the most important person to me. I can't stay away from you." Like just really weird things to say to a girl. Yeah. Wrong. So can we go to the ten part too? Well, I did want to mention Rosalie, who's one of the vampires. She has this flashback scene. Oh, yeah. Where she oh, describes right, how she too. became a vampire. The one fun thing about all the flashback scenes is uh, you forget that they're like from different time periods. So it flashes back and she's in like the forties or fifty or no, like the forties. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And it's so weird because there's an implied rape in this sequence. I think implied gang rape. Yeah, and it's like it's just this really uncomfortable feeling because you're just thinking this is PG thirteen, or it, it might no, it's it's can't be PG. No, it's PG thirteen. Um, but it's intended for teens, and and, and it's not dealing like it's not dealing with these issues in a way that maybe would be helpful to teens or something like that. It's yeah. just kind of a gross, like kind of over the top graphic way of dealing with it. And I, I don't. I think it's the same as like if if one of, if if in the new Black Widow movie that's coming out, she was like there did a flashback and she's like, yeah. And then I was raped by all these guys. You know, you'd be like, what in a Marvel movie? You don't, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. You know, uh, it was very odd. Don't like that. Um, there's the scene where they're, we're almost to the tent, but there's also, it's just really graphic where they're like about to have sex. Yeah. And, and then they don't, but it's just it, the, the way it's handled is so gr- like graphic. It's very weird. Now we're at the tent scene. Wait, wait. And every time Edward talks about it, looks like he's about to puke. And it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, do you like her, though? Because it doesn't <laughs> seem like it looks like you're trying to force yourself to. But then we also, there's a scene where they're the vampire, Jasper's like training the wolves on how to fight vampires. And we go, <laughs> and I'm just like, he talks so strange. Like he, ha- like, it's like he has a quarter of an accent. And then we get to see his flashback and discover that he was in the Civil War in the South. And it's like, oh, so the actor is trying to do a Southern drawl, but I think he's too insecure to commit to yeah. even doing it halfway. Because yeah. you, you can do it halfway. But he's, I think he's too in, insecure and inexperienced to actually do it. And uh, he sucks. Okay, so... <laughs> tent scene. So the war is about to happen. The battle is about to happen. And... Edward and Bella are up in the mountains and then Jacob's there like keeping watch. And then Bella is like so freezing cold and Edward can't like make her warm because he's freezing. So Jacob has to take off his shirt and warm Bella up 
with his body heat. And then there's like this Jacob and Edward scene where they just talk about stuff. And Edward's pretty much like, if she chose you, she chooses you. Like I would have to let her go, which is like, I understand what she's doing. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand that part, but it's also like, but you almost killed yourself yeah for her like be like not for her but because of her you almost killed yourself in the last movie i don't think you would just let him let her like go with him if that was her choice yeah and it's also really weird because she's just sleeping and jacob is spooning her Uh and they're just talking about her and he's like yeah she's stupid she's really dumb she sucks she doesn't know her own feelings i know what's best for her and you suck also yeah stop so then stop the the next morning like Jacob so they're all up whatever Jacob is about to go into battle and Bella really doesn't want him to she's like pleading with him please don't because she doesn't want him to die and it gets she's never becomes, once have I thought that she's fallen for no, Jacob not, in this whole series. not a point not at any point not at any time but she's so desperate that she's like Jacob kiss me I mean it kiss me and they make out in front of Edward and it, it's just like you well, in front of he he heard her, he heard his, his thoughts. thoughts but still it's like he manipulated her into making out with him bad very it's so, bad it's don't so do that clear it's and gross. it's so wrong he's so gross yeah um and then there's a big fight i will give the movie points on this as far as fights go in a really bad movie it was kind there was some stuff that was kind of interesting the action was pretty clear yeah it's not an amazing action scene but i was like oh this is pretty good and then Jacob gets hurt, and then he's fine, and then the movie ends on Edward and, um, I almost said Rosalie. Oh, and also Ed- Jacob told her that she, like, basically he's like, if you turn into a vampire, you're dead to me. And then she, like, it's at the end of the movie, and she's, like, talking to him, and it's like, he's like, you know what I said? And she's like, I know, basically I'm dead to you if I become a vampire and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, maybe not. <sighs> It's like, oh my god! See, that we don't accomplish anything new character-wise in this movie. That what should have happened is she should have been turned into a vampire by the end of this by movie. By the end of this movie, yeah. Um, Which, but it should have. It should have been. What they were supposed to do. Th- there should have been a whole act where she was a vampire. Yeah. Not just like at the very end, but she the, opens her eyes and they're golden. There, you. I mean, it's so obvious that they're just. She's milking it for everything that it's worth. Oh yeah, Be, like it's because it's. I mean, this is the books too. Same thing, because like at this point, you're just like, oh my gosh, I wanted to be a vampire so bad. Like I want her to have what she wants so bad, but she's like dangling a carrot. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not good, and it ends on Edward grabbing Bella's butt yeah. while they're making out. Yeah. Um, and that's Twilight Eclipse, a movie for teenagers. It's so bad, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sometimes I think when we don't like the movie, we make better episodes. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was so bad. And I can't believe that there's two more movies to go. This movie put me in a bad mood. And yeah, I, I was like, I just got to like, I don't know, play the switch for a little bit. And Jordan I couldn't even play it for that long. went to bed after the movie. And I think we were going to stay up kind of late. And she just kind of went to bed and didn't, didn't talk much after. Yeah. And I just reminded her that she's the one who chose this series. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. So, uh... Thank you for listening. Um, Patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Get your episodes early. Also, um, well, let's see. What do we got? <laughs> there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of music stuff that I've released recently. I know that the 
I, I did a live streaming concert and the the bootleg sessions are out. It's not like great quality audio, but it's just me in my apartment playing these songs acoustic, totally different versions. You can sign up for as little as three dollars. Um yeah, do also, it. Also, I had a short story recently published in oh, yeah. the Showbear Family Circus. I think you can just Google it. Showbear Family Circus. Yeah. And the it's Dream Box by Jordan Marie McCaw. Oh, give that a give that a read. And tell us what you think. And make sure and comment, guys. We want to we wanna pump up our 11 comments. Let's get to 20. I know there's a few of you, Olivia, who hasn't commented yet. So, Olivia, we're <laughs> waiting. All right. Thanks for listening, Thank guys. You. Next week, it's Breaking Dawn, and we're going to have another guest on, our second guest ever, Breaking Dawn Part 1 with special guest. So, see you next with time. Bye. This Eclipse gear is so cool. I know, right? That's ridiculous. It can't be that cool. Let's see. <laughs> Take data! Now in BK Kids Meals, crazy cool Eclipse gear. One premium per kids meal. Now with BK Fresh Apple Fries. Keep it Drop them, Grandma. Now at Burger King. <laughs> 